Episode of Scanner School. We teach you everything to know about the scanner radio hobby. All the notes from today's podcast can be found on our website at scannerschool.com slash session two two seven. So welcome back to the podcast. We're always here to teach you everything to know about the scanner radio hobby. My name is Phil Lichtenberger, and my amateur call sign is W2LIE. And because nobody asked, my GMRS call sign is also WQXJ920. You know, I always forget to put that in there. I always forget what the call sign is. So now that I'm trying to memorize it, I think I'm going to start adding it to the introduction. So again, it's WQXJ920. I don't think I've ever used that call sign, to be honest with you. So if you have any questions for the uh, next upcoming Ask Scanner School session, I really do invite you right now to leave me that question. Pick up your phone, dial 516-308-2885, or go over to scannerschool.com slash ask and leave me either a text message with your, or an email message rather, with your question, or press on that speak pipe button. Again, if you use the speak pipe button, or if you use our local number, again, 516-308-2885, we'll put you in a running for a free tutoring session. Again, that is where we sit down face-to-face, Zoom-to-Zoom, basically, and I can help you out with your scanner radio issues. As always, the invitation is there as well to join us over on Discord to discuss the podcast episodes and anything else you want to uh, discuss. That is scanner radio-related. Again, you can go to scannerschool.com slash Discord to join us over there. Now, this week, we've got a very controversial subject, and we're going to talk about whether or not we have reached the end of the scanner radio hobby. But before we do that, I want to kind of give you a quick summary of what's been going on here in the Radio Shack or here at my own little radio location in my basement, my little dungeon, my little uh, home away from home, I guess you could say. And I like to do this a little bit so you can see that, you know, it's not just all about scanner radios, it's a little bit more about what's going on here. Plus, I like to let you guys in a little bit as to what it is going on over here. So I have been playing around, again, if you listen to last week's podcast episode, playing around with some more TikTok videos, trying to push more of those out, trying to get some more stuff over to YouTube, trying to repurpose some of the content, reformat some of the, the TikTok content so I can repurpose it over on YouTube. And uh, some of that just requires a little bit of a formatting change to go from portrait mode to landscape mode. So I just got to change around some aspect ratios over there. But uh, some of it's just really a, a whole redesign of what the uh, content is that I was working on. But uh, it was my birthday a couple weeks ago, and I treated myself to a new radio. No surprise there. I picked up an Anytone. Uh, it was just a D878 UV2+. Plus. So it's Anytone's latest and greatest, newest handheld amateur radio, DMR radio, which again, I guess could be used commercially as well. It is locked out of the box to only operate within a handband, but there's a very simple piece of software that you can install on your Windows computer that then re-enables a bit of the frequency ranges 
on the radio, you basically write that program to the firmware or you write the radio to the software. It kind of turns a zero into a one, I guess, is what you could say. It opens up basically the 220 band. It opens up extended receive on the radio, extended transmit on the radio. Not that we'd ever use it, but um, it would work fine for me now for GMRS and also just to keep monitoring stuff now in UHF T-band because my uh, neighboring fire department here is actually on the T-band. So it's on 47512. Actually, I could be able to listen to that the way it was because it goes up to 480, but wouldn't be able to listen to FDNY. So again, another excuse to try and get that radio up into the 480 range. So playing around with it, you know, doing a quick thing, uh, doing a couple of videos with it that's uh, available to see on TikTok. Somebody actually sent me a radio, uh, uh, a comment saying, but it's not a scanner and, you know, and but wait, it's going to be, you know, this is a horrible radio because of this XYZ. And, you know, I'm, I'm starting to now put in some public safety frequencies into here to monitor, right? Uh, some fire department stuff. And I threw in a couple of hundred, basically fire department frequencies, went to go make one big scan list out of it and quickly realized that the scan list on this radio is only limited to 50 channels. So that is really poor <laughs> when it comes to scanning. And it's also pretty slow. So it's, it's a lot of button presses, a lot of things to go in there and a lot of things to have to do to get to go into scan. So the jury's still out on that one, but all in all, it reminds me a lot of my Alinko MD, MD5 radio. It's basically the same software, the same interface, the same everything about it, except it's in a much bigger radio and a much louder radio. The Alinko, or what we used to call the Astinkos back in the day, that radio is, is really quiet when compared to my TYT radio, except my TYT radio has a bad speaker on it. So that's why I use that as an excuse to pick up the Anytone. Plus, the Anytone also does APRS receive and transmit. So maybe I'll get back into that. Maybe I won't, but it does have a GPS built into it. To, to it. And it also came with a uh, remote PTT button so that you can use it hands-free if you have to, if you live in a state that requires you to do that. So that's what I've been playing around this week. And, and I'll keep playing around this Anytone radio. And if you guys are uh, on the TJF trunk system or TGIF talk groups, over on uh, hotspots, whatever you can look for me over on 1033. That is talk group that is run by Ken Fowler, who was on the podcast many times prior. So uh, maybe I'll be on there as well. So let's go into today's podcast episode now that you've got a kind of quick summary as to what it was that I've been doing here behind the scenes. So are we looking at the end of the scanner radio hobby now? We have a couple things that are going to support this and go against this right here. Again, controversial subject here. I'm trying to ruffle some feathers and try and get some people to to get into the Discord server and put on their internet muscles and, and challenging you. You know, I want your side of this. I want to know what you think and what you feel about this topic. So yes, I am trying to to entice you to do so so please come into the discord server and let me know what you think about all this stuff but we've seen the top of line scanners right the sds 100 and the sds 200 they're up there they're pricey you know 600 dollars plus right up to 700 depending uh supply and demand is a big issue for those radios right now and there hasn't been any competition 
from anybody else, basically, in a scanner radio market to compete with the SDS-100 and the SDS-200. And that's got a lot of people scratching their heads, including me. We also haven't seen many updates to the SDS-100, SDS-200, such as firmware updates. Again, could that be due to Paul's passing and changing of the guards over at Uniden? I don't know. But it seems like we haven't really seen a lot of movement from either provider or the big providers, uh, Uniden or Whistler. Not to say they're both not in the game still, right? But what's going on, right? Are, are they staying quiet because they are working on something or have have they just rolled over? I mean, Whistler, I'm looking at you, right? TRX 100, 200 was, was hyped for quite a long time and then fizzled out basically when they said, oh, we, we, we can't do this. Why not? You guys just seen enough money being made on the TRX 1, TRX 2 and you don't need to reinvest in the scanner? Or... Are you going to do something here, right? I'm poking you with a stick here. Are, are you going to do something, Whistler? You can't keep up with GRE's um, GRE's patents forever. I mean, something's, something's got to change here, guys. So we also have an issue with software-defined radios. They are cheap. They are affordable. They allow us to basically grab a piece of hardware, plug it into our computers, then use software to do the heavy lifting. And the software such as Unitrunker, DSD+, SDR Console, even software like trunk SDR there's a lot of stuff out there that will that will do the heavy lifting that replaces the ASDS 100 SDS 200 yeah we are tied to our computers but does that mean we don't need the desktop units i don't know i mean there's always going to be the scanners are going to be the easiest way to get into the hobby but there's a lot of us that have been moving over to SDRs because once you get it up and running and understand how it works then yeah i mean it, it makes a lot of sense to use software to find radios. But there is that barrier to entry. And again, I want to help you get through that barrier of entry. And I got a free course to help you do so. And again, that's over at courses.scannerschool.com. Now, we also have agencies that are moving over to LTE, right? Which is what our cell phones use nowadays. We have LTE, 4G, and 5G. So there's a lot of stuff going on there with FirstNet and what Verizon is, what they're calling for their public safety thing. And I think T-Mobile's got their own thing. And then we also got encryption. And encryption is is the big elephant in the room that a lot of people are going towards. And, and a lot of people are saying, you know, uh, the whole hobby's going that way. Yeah, and, and, and that's killing the hobby. And, and I'm not going to buy anything new because encryption is going to ruin it. Or my agency or my local stuff has already gone encrypted. So the hobby's dead for me. No, I'm challenging on that. I am challenging you on that because, again, if your favorite TV show goes off the air, I don't see you dragging your TV set out to the curb and saying there's nothing left on the TV to watch. You've got how many more channels to watch thanks to satellite or cable, right? There's, there's not three channels left, and if one goes off the air, you're left with two. No, it, it doesn't work that way, and your scanner is the same deal. Yeah, okay, maybe your police went encrypted, or maybe your fire and police went encrypted, but there's more to listen to. My police department went encrypted years ago, but there's still stuff out there to listen to. So please don't let encryption be the reason why you lose interest in the scanner radio hobby. So if you haven't figured it out yet today, we will be answering on the podcast whether we have reached the end or the death or the decline of the scanner radio hobby. We got a long episode. Maybe not. Depends how fast I talk. Now, before we get any further in this week's podcast, I want to take a few minutes to thank our Patreon supporters. Now, Patreon is an affordable way for you to support the podcast and our upcoming expansion into YouTube for 2022. 
So think of Patreon as the PBS model of helping out Scanner School. For a monthly or yearly donation, not only do you help support the podcast, but depending on your donation tier, you will receive certain benefits. The most popular benefit tier being our $5 a month or the $51 a year tier. It's the same tier. We just discount if you can pay us over a year. Now, this tier offers the podcast and YouTube videos early. And also, you receive a free squelchy pack of stickers, several discounts, and access to our monthly live scanner radio roundtable discussion we hold monthly on Zoom. Oh, and by the way, most of the Patreon levels also get a special version of the podcast that does not include the middle advertising break in each episode. Now, find out more about Patreon and our supporting tiers by visiting scannerschool.com slash Patreon. I'd also like to take a moment here and thank all of our Patreon supporters. Alan Gonzalez, Arthur Heron, Bill Kay, Bob Middleton, Brandon Sammons, Brian King, Buzz Gold, Chris Paris, Craig Harper, Dan, Dave Pasco, David C., Denny Crotty, Ed Walsh, Edward Bramlett, Glenn Wright, Greg Johnson, Guy Lee, Jack Haycock, Jacques Berry, James Broxson, James Felling, James Peruta, Jay Reed, Jeff Block, Jeff Chapman, Jeff McLeo, Jenny Taylor, Jim B., Jim Heinrich, Joe Curtis, John Cordiff, John Keel, John Sweeney, John Goldenberg, Joshua Robb, Kelly Wilkins, Ken Newberry, Kenneth Fowler, Kevin Zwicky, Lenny Bauer, Les Stevenson, Lloyd R., Mark Beebe, Mason Kramer, Michael Gorman, Michael Kroger, Mike Lopez, Nicholas Stenger, Paul Teal, Paul Seish, Randy Lee Wright, Raymond Hill, Roger Stenstrom, Ronnie Box, Sal Marandola, Scott Lefgren, Tim Mann, Mazza, Todd Glendie, and William Arcand. All right. So some people feel we're going on emotions versus maybe a, uh, what was it? You go, you act on emotions as opposed to logic or emotions as opposed to, uh, as opposed to critical thinking. I don't know. But some people think or feel that the scanner radio hobby is in a decline. It is dying. It is, it is just going away, right? It's an old man's type of hobby. No, not at all. You know, they said the same exact thing about amateur radio a decade ago, that the number of amateur radio operators, the number of, of licenses is declining. The hobby is dying. The, the people aren't interested in it anymore. The internet is killing it. Everybody is doing these instant messenger things. Well, guess what ended up happening? Even before the pandemic, pre-pandemic, we saw the number of licenses increasing. People were rediscovering the amateur radio hobby. They were realizing what they could do with it. The internet was bringing this back to light. We've had people who were preparing, the prepper movement, right? That is a lot of what was also bringing in amateur radio. Plus, people were rediscovering it after being dormant for so long. Or going out to a field day or seeing something that an older family member was was working on. Or maybe it was a friend or a buddy that introduced them to the amateur radio market. And a lot of that, I think, is coming back around to scanning. Again, we talked last week on episode 226 about scanner radios and social media. And a lot of people are rediscovering the scanner radio hobby. Maybe they're picking up uh, vintage equipment or they're picking up a new gear. They're learning how DMR works. So they're finally sitting down discovering how trunking works. They're learning from social media. They're seeing what's happening on social media and they want to understand it more. So now they are picking up their own radio and are going with it. So I think the radio hobby is not dying but we are seeing a resurgence of it. People will argue that because of encryption and because of trunking and because of this and because of that, but I want to know what you think. So go over to our Discord server and let me know. Many are saying that live scanner feeds, again, we just talked about live scanner feeds a couple of weeks ago. And again, this is all by design because I want to get you into my Discord server to argue with this fact. Live scanner feeds are killing the hobby. 
Are live scanner feeds killing the hobby? Many, again, are saying yes because it is causing more agencies to push encryption because they want to prevent people from streaming this stuff to the internet. But I'm going to argue with you that there are some agencies out there who realize they want to have transparency and that encryption is not allowing them to do that. So they are buffering or they are time shifting their dispatches so that they go out an hour later. And I know that Broadcastify saw recently had inked a deal with an agency that will be supplying a official agency broadcast feed, but it will not be live. It will be delayed. It will be time shifted like on a DVR. There's other police departments out there too that aren't broadcasting their scanner traffic, but are still broadcasting their CAD data, right? So you can still see what some of the calls are on the dispatches, but you can't listen to anything. But at least that's still cool because you know what is going on. So other will say that scanners are becoming too much money due to simulcast. And again, SDS 100, SDS 200, and maybe even the Unication pagers if you're going to go that route. Again, I'm a dealer for Unication, so reach out to me if you want a pager. But there's there's people who are saying that it's just scanning is just out of their budget now. They, they can't make it with the scanners they have. They're being forced to upgrade. Departments are going from analog to P25. They have to buy new hardware, and they can't afford to spend $600 on a new scanner. Again, I will challenge you by saying that if you can eliminate the simulcast, again, we've had we've had podcast episodes on this as well. Again, I just did a TikTok video that's less than two minutes that you can view that explains why simulcast is an issue if you want to go check that one out. But I think that if you can eliminate the simulcast issue, you can still get into a phase two scanner for about 350 If you look at, say, maybe the TRX-1 or the 325P2, the 436P2, right, the Home Patrol 2, those are all still options to get you in if you can get rid of the simulcast distortion. Maybe, maybe not, though. Again, software-defined radios. Yes, there's a barrier to entry because you have to understand how to set it up and get the software going. Like I said, I've got a course to help you out with this one. But... If you can do that, you're investing $35, $40 on a piece of hardware. The rest operates on your computer, Windows preferred. But it, it, it can run on Linux, can run on Mac. But, but you just need to invest the time to get it up and running. Once you do, it's rewarding to say, I can turn this $40 piece of equipment into, a, into an SDS-100, an SDS-200. And I can still listen to what it is I want to listen to as long as we are not dealing with encryption. Now, we have seen some agencies, too, are, th- are thinking about going over to LTE IP or LTE public safety or something else like that, right? It's an internet of things or over-the-top type of communication. And we are starting to see some radios show up by the big manufacturers that are, are, are like a two-way radio. They are thick and they're a brick and they got a giant PTT button. They got dials on top and a giant antenna but they also have a touchscreen display on them. And that touchscreen display, again, is the Internet of Things or the -the over-the-top service that allows, say, boots on the field, boots on the streets, right, to be able to run license checks or background checks, personnel checks, without having to type a dispatcher or maybe get all-points bulletins, right, APBs, Amber Alerts, you name it directly to their communication device. We're starting to see that these radios are becoming communication devices. I don't think we will see a full 
migration over to voice over IP, I think we're still going to see a communications network built over RF. But 20 years from now, we could see a difference. We don't know. I don't have my crystal ball. I always say my crystal ball is in the shop, right? In other words, my crystal ball is, is broken or cloudy. 20 years ago, we didn't have all the stuff we have now when it comes to scanner radio hobby. But I, I still think that even if we start seeing some police departments go over to Internet of Things or, or Over the Top or LTE, Public Safety, right? We will still have plenty to listen to when it comes to our RF environment. We're also seeing people complaining left and right that manufacturers won't invest in scanners due to widespread encryption. Again, I think that that is something that is just not right because we've had analog only scanners for decades now, decades, yet we still see brand new analog only non-trunking scanners resurface time and time and time again from both Whistler and Uniden. And we've seen that. The SR30C, why did we get an SR30C? We had a BC75XLT. We have a BC125AT. Yeah, we lost the BC346XT or the XTC. We never got a replacement for that. But we still have analog-only scanners out there. Why did that not die with, say, the Uniden 200XLT? Because there's still a need for that kind of radio. And we will still continue to see advancements in the handheld and desktop analog only non-trunking world. So I challenge you to say that that argument is invalid as well. We're also seeing too that there's other countries out there that just make scanning illegal. We have states here in the U.S. that you know, have laws against scanning while driving, obviously while committing a felony. You look over in the U.K., everything over there is encrypted when it comes to public safety. So they're also on Tetra, and there's no radio out there that does Tetra. But again, there's still people buying scanners in the UK. Why? Because there's still stuff to listen to. Yeah, they've come to terms with the fact, I won't be able to listen to, to police, I won't be able to listen to fire, I won't be able to listen to the ambulance, but I can still listen to X, Y, and Z. And because of that, you'll still find scanners being sold in the UK market. Others are saying that the chip shortage is killing the hobby. Yeah, you know what? The chip shortage is killing everything. So don't even use that as an argument. And others are saying, again, I was just, I led off with this, that there is a very strong lack of interest or what appears to be a lack of interest from Whistler. I don't know. I, I, I am not involved with that, you know, with, with Whistler at all. I hope that they are putting some resources into a TRX-1 redesign or something else that will bring in the software-defined radio side of, of, of the house. They're overdue for a new radio, if you think about it. But people are saying that because there's a lack of interest from Whistler, there's nobody challenging Unit anymore. Unit doesn't need to come out with a new radio because they still have the top dog. They still have the newest radio out there. And until Whistler steps up to the plate and challenges Unit to come out with something better, Uniden won't have to do that. That's a valid point. That's what I think on that one. But again, how is all this just uh, fooey? I don't know. What, what's, the, what's the right way to say this, right? What, what, how, how is this incorrect? Or how is this bad, a mental 
direction to go with this. I, I don't know. L listen, there's always going to be skeptics out there, always going to be naysayers. There's always going to be people who are just unhappy unless they are making noise and being negative. And the internet gives a lot of people the ability to do that. I call them keyboard commandos, or they get on their internet muscles. You know, they are behind a computer screen and they are able to troll, I guess is another way of saying it, right? They want to get out there and they want to say, hey, XYZ and because of this. All right. Look, I started off this podcast episode by saying, yeah, I want to ruffle a few feathers here, right? I want to get a little bit under your skin and, and make you want to give your point of view on this. But I'm not sitting here to be a naysayer or be a skeptic or to try and say, eh, hobby's dead because I'm in front of my computer right now and I'm recording this and I'm on a soapbox and, and, and you're listening to me, right? No, that's not it. I'm here to try to put out a point of view about this and again, to bring a conversation to this topic. So there's always going to be something to listen to and we're going to cover that, right? There's always going to be something to listen to. I always say the secrets are in the searches. Just because your favorite TV show goes off the air does not mean that you throw out the TV. Just because your favorite band breaks up doesn't mean it's time to throw out your MP3 player. There's going to be other things out there to watch, to read, to listen to, and also to find on your scanner. I love putting the scanner into search mode. There are plenty of other people out there that love putting their scanners into search mode. That's why there is a search mode on your scanner to go find other things to listen to. You may find out, and I have found out that my local, not the local school to me, but a couple towns away, I was driving past them and my radio lit up with DMR. Well, they went from an analog system to a DMR. Frequency stayed the change, stayed the same. Only DMR changed. That was a surprise. But it just goes to prove that, yeah, putting your radio in the search mode will uncover different things to listen to or different changes that were out there that you may not have known. So make sure you're doing that at least to find what else is out there. But if you think that, you know, police are going to go encrypt and it's going to shatter, again, I, I know plenty of people out there that just wanted to listen to police. My uncle was that way. My dad was that way, too. They also like listening to the fire, but police was the big deal. But they learned to adapt. Okay, maybe they just listen to fire now. And that's how they adapted, right? When a fire goes away, what else do they listen to? Will the, will the radio stay silent for a while? I'm sure the radios will stay silent until they decide to pull it back out of the closet again and figure out what else they can listen to. It happens, but you'll find something new and exciting to listen to. What else won't encrypt? What should always be there? Well, we've always got aviation. We've always got the railroads. Amateur radio, and there's plenty of amateur radio out there to listen to. Yeah, I don't want to listen to somebody babble. I got it. I understand but there's also parts of amateur radio that is more than just babbling or more than just call sign exchanges. There's information nets and ability to learn about radio and abilities to learn about being prepared, storm spotting, and other things that happen on amateur radio on the VHF and UHF spectrum that maybe you want to listen to. And the same is true for GMRS. Yeah, 
again, it's a bunch of people who are just on radios and want to chit chat while they're driving or going to the grocery store or dropping off the significant other to whatever it is or the kids, right? Listen, there's also nets on GMRS that can help you be a better radio operator or even a better radio listener. You have businesses that will be there. Yeah, many of them are going blister pack. Many of them are going spread spectrum. But again, put the radio in search mode because, again, it may be just humorous to be in a, in a drive-thru and listen to the orders coming in or tell people not to buy a large drink anymore because we're at a uh, tops. And you can go there and go, <laughs> I want a large soda, please, knowing that they can't serve you the large soda, right? So... Look, there's things out that you can still do and listen to. Now, again, we've got utilities that are pretty much going to be unencrypted as well. We got the chicken band, right? CB. Again, I haven't listened to CB in years. But there's plenty of countless business DMR and NXDN systems, radio shops and stuff like that that are probably most likely always going to be unencrypted. Listening to school buses is a barrel of laughs. I Not to insult anybody who's a bus driver. But I love listening to the school buses because there's just a lot of commotion in the morning or you, you find out just how stressful some of these drivers actually are. But where are the road closures? Where are the accidents? Where are the icy roads? Where are the delays? School buses will tell you all of that. There's a lot of stuff to listen to out there right now. The hobby's not dying. So look, let's talk about more of this after the break. Now, again, anybody who's a Patreon $3 or more supporter does not get this break. Everybody else will catch you in just one moment. Hey, did you realize it takes us almost $100 a week just to have this podcast episode professionally edited and sent over to you? This doesn't even include website and podcast hosting, administrative help, and other monthly subscriptions that are required to put the podcast out there. Now, you can help us offset these costs when you shop online. So if you're looking for a scanner radio or some software, looking to bid on items over on eBay, or if you're looking to purchase anything, and I mean anything, on Amazon, you can help support Scanner School in the process. And this doesn't come at any extra cost to you. So please check out ScannerSchool.com support for the multiple different ways that we have out there that you can help support us when you shop online. Again, scannerschool.com slash support. Are you looking to learn more about the scanner radio hobby? We currently have courses on how to get started and up and running with software-defined radios and how to turn your SDR into a fully functioning scanner radio. With free software, you can see more and do more with trunking than ever before. And with new courses scheduled for the upcoming months, our offerings will be expanding into both Uniden and Whistler hardware and software. Check out our courses at courses.scannerschool.com or by looking for the link in this podcast description. National Communications Magazine is your personal library of scanner, CB, GMRS, FRS, MURS, and two-way radio articles written by the best minds in the business over the past three decades. Your NatCom personal online access account allows you to download the newest issues of America's Hobby Radio Magazine, as well as back issues, too. Visit natcommag.com to download your free sample issue and sign up today. Did you know that a pager can make a great addition to your scanner radio collection. And even if I didn't own East Coast pagers, I still have one or maybe a couple 
of pagers as a part of my scanner radio setup. This is because a pager can be used to just monitor your local fire department or your regional departments, and if you set it up correctly to alert you when the tones are sent over the air, then the pager will remain silent until you need to know what is going on. This frees up your scanner to monitor everything else that's going on besides your local stuff or can prevent you from missing the local stuff because your scanner is busy doing other things. Now, pagers aren't just limited to fire dispatches anymore. Unication has great solutions to monitor both analog and P25 paging systems where many public safety and police departments are switching over to. Swiss Home and Apollo make great analog solutions as well, and all three still sell POGSAC and Flex pagers, still in use by many departments for text alerting. East Coast Pagers is an Apollo, Swiss Phone, and Unication dealer serving the North American market, and of course is one of my online companies. So if you're looking for a personal use pager or one for your department, contact us for a free quote and let us know you're a Scanner School listener for something a little extra with your order. For our full inventory or to request a quote or just to contact us, please visit eastcoastpagers.com. Okay. So you listen to me talk for the last 20 or so minutes about what other people are saying, the naysayers, the troublemakers, the trolls, the keyboard commandos, right? Look, let's talk about my my thought, my take. Well, most of this was my thought, my take on it anyway. But look, I'm going to summarize everything, right? My thoughts on all this is that we are seeing a resurrection of the hobby due to new hardware and interest. Yes, we are still waiting for a upgrade to the STS-100, the STS-200. We are still waiting for a change or something from Whistler. Rumor is spinning around a unication device. I really think we will find something out of left field, my third party, or something that you can roll your own with a Raspberry Pi and a touchscreen and an SDR. Look, it's coming. Somebody is going to do it. And I've said it before. I'll say it again. If somebody is working on something like that and you want to throw on Kickstarter, let me know because I will back the snot out of it and I will be sure to share that with a bunch of people too because I would love to see something new and exciting and open source in the scanner radio world. And I think we're getting there. I think we're getting close, but we're not quite there yet. Software Defined Radios is introducing a ton of people to the hobby. I see it a lot on Reddit. I follow the RTL SDR discussion group over on Reddit. And there's a lot of people, you know, what type of coax should I use? What kind of antenna should I use? What kind of signal is this? There's a lot of stuff going on over there. And a lot of people are introducing themselves to scanning because they are trying to find something to do with their computers. And they're seeing this as not really a hack thing, but something out there that's new and interesting and something that they can investigate and learn more about. Once they start understanding what software-defined radio is and how to use it, then it starts to be a slippery slope, and they're finding these trunk systems. And then all of a sudden, holy cow, they're listening to X, Y, and Z, and they're loving the hobby. They get into it because it is something to do with their computer or something to do with their Chromebook or something to do with their Mac or something to do with their tablet, and even now something to do with their cell phones because you can now plug in an SDR to many Android cell phones thanks to SDR++. Many are also learning about SDRs because they are learning how to download data directly from NOAA weather, radios, NOAA weather radio satellites 
when they download the data, they're able to recompile some of the pictures. They're making loops. They're making their images. They are basically getting all the satellite data that you would normally just go to the NOAA weather NOAA website and get, but they are downloading it themselves. And again, there was uh, Meteor, I guess M E T E O R, if, if that's how it, the acronym breaks out, right? But that's been going on for a long time too. A lot of people are decoding those images. And again, that brings them into the radio hobby. And they all, they start to discover shortwave radio listening or the buzzer or something like that. And then they find out their local stuff. I think we are seeing a resurgence in the scanner radio hobby because of the internet and because of software-defined radios. And yes, we only have a a couple of entry-level radios now by Uniden as the newest. Rumor has it Uniden is releasing something else. I haven't seen it. I haven't heard really anything. I've just been hearing that this is coming. I don't know if it's an April Fool's joke, but hey, I'll feed the rumor mill. But again, I'd love to see something from a manufacturer. As you said before, right? Manufacturers will continue to make low-end analog-only scanners as they have for years. And the top-of-the-line scanners today will become mainstream designs and hardwares as they mature, right? It was at one point that trunking radio was top-of-the-line. Then P25 was top-of-the-line. Well, now it's no longer top-of-the-line. Phase 2 was top-of-the-line. Now software-defined scanning, SDSs, are top-of-the-line. It was at one point that importing your radio reference database into a scanner when, when GRE did that or Whistler did that, right? And then Uniden did that. That was like, whew. But now it's getting to be more mainstay or commonplace in the scanner radio hobby. And again, what's also helping the radio hobby out was the pandemic had people dusting off old hobbies and picking up new ones. The whole part of picking up vintage, I really hate saying that because it just makes people want to say, oh, it's a vintage scanner. It doesn't make it any more or less valuable whether or not you put the word vintage in front of it. But we'll just say scanners from yesteryear, right? Crystal controlled scanners, tunable manual dial receivers, stuff like that. Stuff that we could never afford back in the day that we were buying now. Heck, I just bought another BC780XLT because the price was right. Love those radios. Did I need a third one? Absolutely not. But I bought it because the price was right, and I love that scanner. So, yeah, I'll put it to use. It'll listen to something. I think people, again, will be picking that up because I couldn't afford a BC780XLT back in the day. But change the price, take it from three digits to two digits. Yeah, what a difference. So are we watching, though, the slow death and decline of the scanner hobby? Well, let's let's flip the script on this one a little bit. Let's talk about this from the photography hobby, right? Did the evolution of the camera kill the photo industry and the photo hobby? So that's a yes and a no. We found in the camera hobby that less hardware was being developed. We saw the death, basically, of film cameras. It's all... DSLRs, mirrorless, right? Even the pocket camera. You don't see those anymore. Remember those pocket cameras everybody was carrying around? Before the, our cell phones had one megapixel camera, we had cameras the size of bricks that had one megapixel on it and had, you know, two megabyte cards in them. But here's the deal. 
the camera hobby is still going strong after all of these years. After we lost Kodachrome, 35 millimeter, 110 slides, right? We lost a lot of film. But what we gained was improvements in the digital realm. Our cell phone cameras, mirrorless DSLRs and standard DSLRs are still top of the line mainstay equipment for professional photographers. I wouldn't want a wedding photographer to use my to use an iPhone, right? You want a real deal camera when somebody's taking pictures. When I got married, it was our request that we said to the photographer, you're using film, right? I, I don't want to take the chance on using digital. That was about 20 years ago. But we're still now seeing digital as the main camera format. And new cameras are coming out all the time. And they're still extremely expensive. And we're still seeing the need for interchangeable lenses and accessories and battery grips and flashes and all the backdrops and the kits and everything else, right? There is still a ton of stuff coming out for the SLR, DSLR market. In fact, many are using DSLRs to record YouTube videos and use as webcams. So did we see the death of the camera industry when we saw a change from analog to digital? No, we saw a change, but we didn't see the death of that hobby. I think scanning is following the same sort of pattern here. We've lost the ability to scan with crystals because radios became synthesized. We had the evolution of Motorola trunking and the inclusion of EDAX and LTR and the eventual support of P25 Phase 1. Then we had to have a hardware upgrade so that we could support the overhead and, and the processing power required for Phase 2. But that also allowed us now to bring in NXDN and DMR. Simulcast eventually came on board with the SDS-100 and the SDS-200. What are we going to see next? Will we see Tetra come to scanning? I hope so. Maybe the next radio will be like an a la carte, like a two-way radio. When you look at the commercial radio market for there, maybe we buy a flat rate scanner radio that is a shell of itself, right? It turns on, it's got some basic controls. But if you want to pay for P25, you want to pay for DMR, you want to pay for NXDN, you want to pay for simulcast, you'll enable those with a key sequence. And your maybe $150, $200 bare bone analog only scanner can be upgraded to a $600 or $700 scanner if you bought all of the feature enhancements is the way to go for the future. I don't know. It would probably make things a whole lot easier with designing and R&D and, and, and supporting of a scanner. But who knows if that's going to happen. But it would be interesting to see what's going to happen to the scanner radio hobby. I don't think we are seeing the death of it. I don't think we see the end of it. I think we're going to continue to see the scanner radio hobby for years and years and years to come. I would actually say decades to come. Just like the photography hobby, the scanning hobby is going to change. It's going to not be the same hobby it was years ago, but it will improve. 
we didn't have color displays on our scanners years ago. And now with the SDSs, we do. We didn't have micro SD cards. Now we do. We didn't have the ability to record. And now we do. There's still a lot of stuff. Yeah, okay, I'm talking hardware. But even listening, we will have stuff to listen to. I'm sure of it. Again, I would love to hear your thoughts and your feedback on this topic. Yeah, it was controversial, and that was the point here. Go to scannerschool.com slash discord, and let's talk about this podcast episode. Let's discuss it. What's your thoughts? What do you think is happening to the scanner radio hobby? Do you think it's dying? Because I sure don't. Again, scannerschool.com slash discord. Now, if you think there's somebody out there that will enjoy listening to this podcast episode, maybe you need to change a mind or two. (laughs) Use this. Make sure you share the podcast episode with them and also make sure you subscribe to the podcast so you never miss the next or an upcoming podcast episode. You can listen to us on all podcast players that are out there or software. And yes, we are also on YouTube. So make sure you subscribe to us over there as well. Remember, I need your questions for the next Ask Scanner School podcast episode. So go and pick up your phone right now. Not your rotary phone, not your touchtone phone, but your cell phone, right? The evolution of the phone. Tie that in. 516-308-2885. Leave me a voicemail and we'll play it back on the Nest X Scanner School podcast. I'll answer your questions. Or you can go to scannerschool.com slash ask. Email me your question via the form or use the SpeakPipe link. And again, if you use SpeakPipe or a voicemail line, we will put you in a running for a free tutoring session. All right, guys. We'll catch you all again next week. Thanks for listening. Thanks for your support. My name is Phil Lichtenberger. And again, this is Scanner School. We teach you everything you know about the scanner or radio hobby. 73.